Welcome back to Prep Work, the Dispatches High School Sports Podcast. As always, I'm Bailey Johnson, the Dispatches High School Sports Reporter. Let's talk about the past week of high school sports. We'll start off with a little Week 7 football recap. It still feels crazy to say the words Week 7 out loud because that means we're now in Week 8 of 10 in the regular season. Us on the media side are already discussing when we're going to meet to pick the All-Central District teams for the end of the year. It's going to be here before we know it. Only three regular season games left. It's going to be a wild run to the finish, figuring out who's in the playoffs, teams that are on the bubble, all of that fun stuff. Next week, we'll start talking about that um, in earnest. Look at teams that are on the bubble, teams that might be able to squeeze in. I think there's going to be some compelling matchups for those last spots in each region. Um, But for this week, that's still a little more math and hypotheticals than I feel ready to handle. So we'll just talk a little bit about week seven and save the playoff bubble discussion for future weeks. Friday night, I got my first look at New Albany, and that is a really good football team. I was impressed with how Gahanna was able to hang with them, particularly in the first half. It was 7-3 to three at halftime, and Gahanna's defense was causing a lot of problems, though New Albany was also hurting itself with penalties. But in the second half, New Albany absolutely came to life. There was a play in the third quarter that could have made it 14-10, to 10, and they were able to stop Gahanna quarterback Maxwell Cummings on basically the one-inch line, not let him score. And then Gahanna missed the field goal that would have made it 14 to 6. And after that, it was pretty much all New Albany. Jaden Garns is legit at running back, particularly when that offense is working well. Made a bunch of big plays. And I was particularly impressed with uh, Chidi Mabata on defense. Tons of energy flying around out there. Scooped up a fumble and scored a touchdown um, in the fourth quarter, I believe it was, that really put an emphatic stamp on the game to make sure that Gahanna really didn't have a chance to come back. Really, really fun dude. He was really fun to interview after the game was super fired up about his touchdown, super fired up for his team's big win. It's always so fun to talk to players who have made big, exciting plays like that, particularly on defense because they have the ball in their hands a little bit less often. So you can always count on them being really fired up when it does happen. Gahanna was obviously in a tough spot having not played the week before through no fault of their own and clearly got worn down throughout the game after being able to shut down New Albany early on their defensive line just really couldn't hang on in the second half, which is understandable given that they hadn't played the week before and have been in a tough spot all season with opponents canceling because of COVID and not being able to find games. So as their coach was saying after the game, you know, you can't come in unprepared against a team like New Albany and they were prepared as they could be, but there's a difference between practicing and games. And by the time you're in week seven, when your opponent has been playing every week and is super in tune and ready to go and you're, still trying to get your way back and figure things out after having a couple of COVID cancellations from your opponents. It's tough. So you do feel for them a little bit. It was impressive how they were able to hang with New Albany in the first half. And I think that's a positive sign for them going forward in the second half. You know, guys got tired. Emotions got a little bit high. Things got a little bit out of hand, but something that's a good football team at Gahanna. And on every drive, there was a feeling, particularly in the first half, that they were a second away from a big play that would have made it a tie game or even given them the lead. So definitely still a key a team to keep an eye on. And I think it says a lot about New Albany that they were able to take a four-point halftime lead and turn it into a 28-point win. They dominated the second half, which is what you want to see from a team that hopes to make a deep run in the postseason. Learning how to get in a tight game and still come out well ahead of your opponent is what part of what it takes to be able to be a great team. They have to learn how to handle those moments, and they handled it really well. So that's a positive sign for them going forward. And that's a good segue to a team that started out hot but has not been able to come through in close games in the last few weeks in Hilliard Derby. It's been a rough goal for them the last three weeks. I have a feeling if that Gahanna game had gone just a little bit differently, Gahanna won 17-14, um, momentum would be flipped and they'd still be rolling. 
it's all been super close. It's all been little nagging turnovers, brief errors, small defensive breakdowns that lead to them trailing. But that's a team that is not built for comebacks. They were able to come back and tie it against Marysville after getting down 14 nothing in the first half and sent it to overtime a couple weeks ago. And then it was another little error where they fumbled the ball in overtime and Marysville went on to win. Um, and that Derby offense is really efficient when it's working well, but not the most quick strike of teams. They're built to pick up four yards of play, five yards of play, and just methodically churn their way down the field. And when you're trailing, that's a hard situation to be in with your offense being structured like that. So it's been tough for them lately. The margin between 7-0 and and 4-3 and is really, really thin. And I think that's something they're finding out right now. You can point to one or two plays in each game that would you know, could have given them the win. It was a three-point loss to Gahanna. It was overtime against Marysville. It was close last week. Like, the margins are thin. They're right in there, but just not quite finding a way to get over that hump. Um, hopefully they can get back on track against Olentangy this week, but Olentangy's won three of their last four after starting 0-3 and played a good Berlin team pretty close for that loss in their last four games. So I'm not sure it'll be the type of get-back-on-track, roll-to-a-win game that Derby would be looking for right now after losing three straight. And speaking of that Derby Olentangy game, we can take a look at some of the good matchups we've got coming our way Friday night for Week 8. Uh, Dublin Jerome at Olentangy Berlin has potential to be really interesting. Berlin, I think, has surprised some people with how good they've been this year. And Jerome is good as well, so it's an interesting one to follow in the OCC. Certainly big league implications over there. Something about Westfield North at Big Walnut sounds really compelling to me. I honestly... Couldn't explain why, because I think on paper, Big Walnut rolls to a win, but there's a little voice in my head saying that one might go differently than we expect. Westfield North might keep that one close. So we'll see how that one goes. In the City League, Eastport South is a big one, two of the top teams in the City South. It may be a game for second place at this point, because Afrocentric also looks really, really good. Those are definitely the top three teams in that league by a mile, but still has really big implications in that league, and I'm excited to see it. I will be there at South to see that one, to get my first look at some of the top City League teams Looking forward to that. Good mid-state league action as well. I'm intrigued by Amanda Clear Creek going to Tees Valley and Burn Union going to Worthington Christian. Burn Union didn't pick up a game last week after cancellation. My understanding is they had some options but couldn't quite make something work. So it's always fun to see how teams handle things after a week off. I think that's a good Burn Union team, but it's a pretty good Worthington Christian team as well. So that's definitely an interesting matchup to keep an eye on. In the rest of the fall sports, the postseason is here. Golf districts and divisions two and three are this week. As I record this on Tuesday morning, girls D2 districts were yesterday and Christina Ma from Columbus School for Girls won to head to state as an individual. Not to brag, but she was on my list of golfers to watch at districts that ran Monday morning. So sometimes I do know what I'm talking about. Boys districts are Wednesday, I believe it is, and if you want to know who I think might do well, check out that players to watch list that I mentioned. You can find it on dispatch.com. It's subscriber only, so I'm not going to give away all the secrets for free, but, you know, obviously there are some names that we can all guess that are going to be on there, like Stephen Ma at Columbus Academy, who's the reigning Division II state champion. He's certainly expected to do well, had a strong performance at the sectionals. And some other names that maybe are individuals or didn't qualify with their team a little bit more under the radar that have a chance to really do well at districts and make a push to go to state. So make sure you check that out. Tennis is also getting closer to the heart of their postseason. I know the team tournament is really heating up, getting really close to the wire there. Sectional draws for the individuals came out last week. A lot to keep an eye on there. It's going to be a fun rest of the fall as we get into all the other postseasons. We will have lists of players to keep an eye on in all of the various sports I have on my to-do list tomorrow, Wednesday, to write 
our tennis list. Division one golf is coming soon. Volleyball, soccer, you name it. We will have postseason coverage for you between us and the guys at this week um, to make sure we are keeping an eye on all of the happenings in the postseason. I can't believe it's already here. And also make sure you are voting in Athlete of the Week. Pickering Central Volleyball player Emma Baratik won last week. Had a really, really, really strong voter turnout last week. And we have a record 30 athletes on the ballot this week. Voting closes at 4 p.m. on Friday. You can find them on Dispatch.com or on Twitter or it'll be on Instagram. Hopefully by the time this podcast goes up, it'll be on Instagram um, Tuesday afternoon. And I think that's it for this week's episode of prep work as always make sure you're following me on twitter at bailey a johnson underscore following the dispatch on twitter at dispatch alerts following our dispatch high school sports account on instagram at dispatch sports make sure you're subscribing to the dispatch so you can read those players to watch lists that i was talking about and all of our other fall coverage at dispatch.com slash subscribe now you can always tweet me story ideas or email me at bjohnson at dispatch.com. There's nothing that makes me happier than getting a tip about a good story and being able to execute it. So if there's something you'd like me to know about, make sure you're letting us know. And that'll do it for this week's episode of Prep Work.